This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. It is the walk-off. It's Holden Kushner and the Ace of Spader at the Ace of Spader on Twitter. Ryan Spader. Spader, it's playoff time, buddy. How are you? Doing great, brother. Let's uh, let's get after this strange postseason that I um, I created. And I'm you gonna... did not create it. I created the bubble. Uh, what? The bu- I created the bubble. No, I'm sorry. A lot of people had that idea. Very few and far between. Uh, no, me I, alone. I created the bubble. Before, before the NBA even had the bubble, I said play in a bubble. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can go back and listen to every episode, okay? And you can find it. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird one, Spader, because we got the three-game wild card round, and then the higher seed, they play their games there. And then you go on the road. <clears throat> if you win the wild card round, you get at least three days off. And then you start the league division series in a neutral site, and then the championship series in a neutral site in the World Series in Arlington. And you know what the interesting thing here is, Spader? They could play 12 games in 13 days during the division series and the championship series. Like, this is going to test a pitching staff like we've never seen before. I don't know that it's like in a way that we've never seen before, but it's going to be in a way that we haven't seen in decades. And um, when did we see this? I mean, 12 and 13 days, I mean, we're arguing over a day here. Maybe we've seen, what, 12 and 15 days, I don't know, 14 days, whatever. But regardless, the point remains is the postseason has seen a paradigm shift to the importance of relief pitching versus the importance of starting pitching. And I think after at least the first round anyway, the starting pitching is going to be key, way more than relief pitching, honestly. I think that the the whole thing is that which starting pitchers go deeper is going to give you the best shot at getting deeper, right? Um, and then there's other teams like the Rays. They just their whole staff could go out there and and just tear it up. So I, that's the team I'm least concerned about as far as pitching goes. They've got openers, they got starters, they got relievers, they got long, they got guys that can do everything. Uh, I think the reason why everyone's afraid of the Reds is why, because they got a couple starting pitchers, right? And they could go in that three-game series. You know, starting pitchers can get up 14 innings. That'd be huge. Yeah, the Reds have um, the the guys in, especially in Bauer, Castillo, and uh, I think Bauer. What's unique about him is um, he's he's going to be pitching on three days rest. It looks like, and that's something that he's been saddling up to do for a while now. 
And in his first game doing so, um, just recently, I'm, I'm not even sure if he caught it, but he, he pitched on three days rest. Mm-hmm. And um, he, uh, he was dominant, struck out a dozen guys in eight innings. In fact, um, he became the first pitcher to strike out a dozen guys uh, on three days rest following a start since um, Kurt Schilling on July 21st, 2001. And Schilling in that game, um, he had pitched on two days rest, but he had only pitched two innings in the game prior to that because of that, um, uh, I don't know if you remember, in Arizona where the lights like went out and they had to stop the game and then Randy Johnson came in the next day and had the most strikeouts ever in a relief um, appearance. But yeah, so uh, Bauer is going to be um, sort of like the Reds guy that they're going to lean on until he breaks, and I think it's going to provide um, provide that team with a, a unique advantage into the postseason for a little while until he does break. I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? So we got twenty eight man rosters. You're going to have fourteen man staffs. You might have fifteen man staffs, right? And you really can't afford to go deep in the series once even the the wild card round you got some time off right but once you get to the division series like your your starters have to eat those innings and you can't afford to play you know five to play six games of the division series boom you can't do that the the league championship series it's just the, the, the pitching is so important here right more important than the offense correct or incorrect I think it always is more important than the offense because at the end of the day, uh, dominant pitching always, always beats uh, a great, even a great offense. You know, um, I, I think back to that, uh, what was it, 2011 um, when Roy Halladay no-hit the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, that was a great offense, but he absolute dominant pitcher, one of the best pitchers in the game at the time, came out absolutely shelved. And um, that, that, that's just what you see when you have those dominant pitchers who step it up, take it to the next level. And um, that's, that's what's going to end up winning this postseason is whoever, whoever's able to take it up to the next level with their starting pitching, not so much the relief pitching as it's been over the past couple of years. I don't think there's going to be an Andrew Miller type who's going to just come out day in and day out, throw whenever the team needs him best, be it to close or coming in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. Um, I, I just don't think that guy's going to be able to do it every single day. So uh, that's why I really think starting pitching is going to be key here. So I think something that's not getting talked about, and maybe it is, and I'm just not paying attention to what other people are saying. What if they change the baseballs? What if they go back to the postseason baseballs that they played with last year when offense was completely suppressed? People forget about this. The scoring was down in the postseason last year. We were seeing shots that were hit really hard that were just fly balls. What if they change that? that? Who does that benefit? Well, it's obviously going to benefit the pitchers. Yeah, but like what teams in particular do you think it benefits? Um... So, honestly, right out the gate, I think it's going to benefit the Indians and the Reds, um, both the Ohio teams. Uh, the Indians had the best starting pitcher in all of baseball to begin with, um, and the Reds, uh, also dominant starting pitching, 
um, and they're facing the Braves. The Braves had the 27th worst starting pitching uh, ERA in all of baseball, which is really strange when you look at where they're seated. They're number two. And, um, of course, they're a high-scoring offense as well, though. That's another thing that they leaned on throughout the season. They're, the, the, I believe, the top-scoring offense in all of, uh, all of baseball. And um, if you're using standard baseballs that aren't going to continually fly out, a lot of those Acuna home runs, those Freeman home runs, those Ozuna home runs are going to end up on the warning track instead of in the stands. And uh, that's really where I see the Reds benefiting from um, potentially switching back to regular baseballs. Has this been something? Has anybody been talking about this, the baseball thing? Because I think it should be a big deal. Uh, nobody I've really heard of okay. note, but of course, you know, Dr. Meredith Wills is always singing the uh, the baseball praises. Well, I got to tell you, I think this could be a humongous story. Maybe it will be something if after the first two or three days, the balls are still flying out. That would be interesting. Was do that, a, wait, was that a Brizgalov right there? Humongous? Yeah, humongous. Humongous, big? Mm-hmm. Big humongous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just big, it's humongous, big. So, I was thinking about the other team that it might help. I wonder the St. Louis Cardinals, because they don't hit any home runs. No. Fuck the Cardinals. <laughs> they, they can't even single their way home. So, we're done. We're just crossing them off. They have no shot in this first round matchup. I don't think so. I don't like the Cardinals. Okay. So, let's go, let's go series by series then. We'll start with the Cardinals. They're taking on the Padres. Boy, I like the Padres, but uh, possibly they kind of just went the tank here down the stretch. Yeah, well, uh, I think that any team's going to get cold uh, from time to time. Uh, And if we're talking about it 60 games into a regular season, a normal season, uh, it wouldn't even be something to talk about. But going right into the postseason, of course, it's going to be something that's going to be discussed. Um, However, I I still, first of all, I don't think the Cardinals are a very good team. I think it's a good way for the Padres to get it started off, and I think they're going to kick off the postseason um, the the right way for them. And I think they're going to dominate the Cardinals in that um, that first series. So then we got the Cubs and the Marlins. Any chance that Miami's going to advance in this series? You know, because Darvish and Hendricks are just too good, aren't they? So, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because I actually do have Miami advancing. I, 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 Darvish and Hendricks, yeah, they're fantastic. Um, they're great pitchers. I just, at this point, uh, give me Sixto and Sandy over Darvish and Hendricks. And I really? think that, the, yeah, I, I think those two are going to um, help out. I, 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 the one thing that I'd keep an eye on, though, for the Cubs is Chris Bryant all of a sudden figured out how to hit again. So he could be dangerous for them should they should they able to uh, should they be able to get past the Marlins and then um, continue to advance in the postseason. Wow, that'd be a big one. That'd be a big upset. That would. I mean, this is a team that isn't supposed to be here, but if you got two hot starting pitchers and these guys are probably going to be good for a long time if they don't have massive injuries, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, if you run those two pitchers out in this format, a three-game format, bang. Any of these series could end up like that. Legitimately any of them, with the exception of how bad the Cardinals are. Correct? Like, is there any other? The Brewers probably have no shot. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I, I got the Dodgers. Uh, um, I got the Dodgers in that series. I, I think hands down, that that one's going to be the most lopsided. They're minus three hundred favorites, I believe. Um, I, I I don't. I really don't give the Brewers a chance in that series at all. Me neither. Braves, Reds. You kind of talked about that already, but it is really the Atlanta offense. It's nice to see Max Freed, Anderson, a couple young pitchers, but outside of that, they just got nothing now. Uh, they're completely depleted. So at least in this three-game set, those two kids are going to have to go toe-to-toe with a couple of really good starters over there on the Cincinnati side. Yeah, and that's um, a lot of the reasons that you mentioned there, uh, plus um, several others. Uh, just I, I, I'm telling you this Bauer on three days rest thing is going to be dangerous throughout the postseason if the Reds get past this first round. But I think that kid's going to – why? Why? It, it, it's going to be dangerous in the sense that you're throwing out a number one every fourth day. And that becomes even a bigger deal when you're playing, what did you say, it's 12 and 13 days? Yeah, in potentially. the LCS. In the LDS and LCS, it'll be 12 and 13 days. So it, be. Yeah, so you're talking about a guy who would be pitching in game one, game four, game, uh, what, eight, and then... <laughs> And then again at the end, eleven or twelve. So, so um, I, I did pick the Reds in that series. Um, I I think it's kind of funny because I don't think either one of those seven seeds are seven seeds. Uh, the one glaring difference between the Manfred administration um, uh, model for this postseason and mine is that I called for the seeding to be based on uh, record alone not just where a team finishes within their division. However, given the circumstances where you're playing 67% of your games against your division versus the standard, which is less than 50%, I think this made the most sense uh, for this season. And I think in the future, because this postseason model, make no mistake about it, is here to stay. I think in the future, when baseball returns to a 162-game schedule, it's going to um, shift where they're going to recede based solely on record, uh, just like we see within the NHL. Mm, I like it. I mean, the Astros still got in with their record, but we can get to them in just a moment. Do you have a, a pick on the a, the Braves and the Reds? You want, you're going Reds? Yeah, yeah, Reds. So do you, are you parlaying the Marlins-Reds series winner to try and just get a monster payday? No, I actually I do have a parlay, though, that I am going to do, and it's on the opposite side. It's in the American League. That's right. Ooh, I can't wait to find out. Let me get this read in here, though, because uh, on the other side of things, football is back, and you might not be at a game this year, but you could still be on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile. Make sure you get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, team player, coach, and props, BetOnline gives you more options than anywhere else. You can get in the season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on wins, division championships, futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. So let's get to the American League. Start up top first. Like I said, if, if Tampa Bay gets through this little series here with Toronto. That, to me, is a team that is so built for this. I think they just have – they can beat you so many ways with their pitching. So, then you got Toronto. I mean, these guys – I like their offense over there. Um, what do you got with Tampa Bay-Toronto? 
So you're going to think I'm crazy, but this one is one of the series where I think the dog is going to take it. I like the Blue Jays a lot. I think Ryu is going to shove in that first game. And then one of the best-kept secrets in um, all of baseball, whether it's whether he pitches the um, second game or the third game, he's going to shove for the Blue Jays. And, uh, and that's Tawan Walker. I, I said um, when they traded for him, I said... The biggest acquisition, uh, part of me, the biggest acquisition is going to end up being the Blue Jays picking up Tawan Walker from the Mariners for a player to be named later. I said he's going to be nails uh, down the stretch for Toronto, and I was wrong about this, but I said they'll finish uh, in second ahead of the Yankees. And um, sure, he uh, maybe wasn't the best acquisition, but. He still uh, went down the stretch, six starts for the Blue Jays, an ERA under 1.4, and I I expect more of the same from him in this series. I think he's going to win the the series for them, be it the second game or the third game, and I like Tawan Walker to come out of this uh, postseason as a... um, highly sought after free agent, because that's what he's going to be this coming season. He's only 28 years old still, and... um, he has very, very limited inter- uh, number of big league innings, and uh, I sort of like him to get one of those like Evaldi paydays because of uh, what he does here in the postseason. And don't be at all surprised if um, three, four months from now he signs a five-year, $100 million deal. You're not really shocking me with that pick. Just, and I think more than anything else, just because my mind is so open as to what can happen, and if you make a good argument, then boom, it's not very surprising. I think the two teams that are in the most trouble would be the Cardinals and the Brewers on that side. So is there anybody in the American League side that's in trouble, that has no shot? I mean, the, the Astros are garbage, but they're still, even without Verlander, they still got Grinky. Your boy Lance McCullers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. Go ahead. It was a rough one for McCullers here. What do you mean, this season? Yeah. So hold on. On on that, uh, McCullers' season numbers don't look that great because he gave up, I think, eight, nine runs against the Diamondbacks. Uh, you take out that start, and he had a, a pretty good season overall. He had a 3.83 on the year. But you take out that one start, he's sub-3 ERA on the season. And um, in that Diamondbacks start... Uh, I've spoken with somebody who played for the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks have been known for a while doing uh, nefarious things like um, using the humidor balls only for the opposing pitcher, um, op- uh, turning on the AC and uh, turning it off when the um, the opposing pitcher's on the mound. And then in McCullers' start, what they did was they had it was slated to be a game where. The roof was going to be open. It was 115 degrees out, and they said, all right, we're closing the roof. McCullers was perfect through three innings, and then after that, they said, all right, to hell with this. We're opening the roof. It was 109 degrees out still. They opened the roof. The balls started flying out, um, going 40 feet further than expected distance, and um, McCullers got shelled in that game. Well, since that game, he has a 2.17 ERA. A 0.944 whip, 9.8 strikeouts per nine inning, uh, with opponents batting just 182, 267, 301 in eight starts since that uh, start. And in his last start against the Rangers, dude struck out nine 
um, Texas Rangers batters over just four innings. He threw 51% curveballs, which is his best pitch and maybe one of the best knuckle, or excuse me, maybe one of the best curves in all of baseball. And um, if the Astros are going to come out in this series of Victor, then it's going to be because McCullers takes game two or game three and throws curveballs down the um, down the Twins' throat. Having said that, I, I did pick the Twins in that um, in that series. I, I I just don't see how the Astros can put the entire series together and um, and take them out. Yeah, I don't see how McCullers is going to get through them too. I mean, he had some nice starts against Texas and Seattle, and I get it. You know what? The numbers as a whole. Not great. You brought up some terrific numbers. I do wonder what's going to happen when he faces this Twins offense, though. And the Twins offense, to me, has been a real disappointment this season. It was like um, every every night, you know I play daily fantasy sport. Every night it was like, all right, I got to throw a Twins lineup in. It seemed for a while the White Sox were the Twins this year, and then the White Sox, you know, it's not the same thing. But offensively, for Minnesota, I wonder if they can get back to that level or they are who they are and they're going to win with starting pitching, bullpen, and still a formidable offense, but not the best one in baseball. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you're talking about the White Sox here for a second. Um, but to um, stick with that, what that, uh, now I can't get the damn thing to work. I was trying to pull up uh, McCullers' numbers against the current Twins, but the stupid uh, query under it that I use isn't working. And um, uh, you mentioned the White Sox, though, with Daily Fantasy. I, uh, as far as I was concerned, if they were facing a left-handed batter, mm-hmm. then you just play every single White Sox player. Mm-hmm. They were that good against lefties this season. You know who was that last year? And nobody caught on to like three-quarters of the way through the season was the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks in 2019 did it, and then the White Sox did it this year. But Spader, the White Sox were doing it against righties too. I mean, any night. But you're right. If it was a lefty, you lock it in. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, bringing up that – Bringing up that series, the, I have the White Sox actually over the Athletics. I have both seven seeds uh, winning, the White Sox and the Reds. And then my um, in the next, you know, the next series, you got the White Sox and the Twins, which would be a hell of a, uh, a matchup. Uh, I guess a, an old-fashioned Western shootout, right, with those two monster offenses. White Sox and the Twins. Mm, that would be nice. Uh, Astros, just getting back to the Astros, like, you talked about the Twins. What happened to Altuve this year? What do you think happened to him? He's probably hurt, to be honest with you. You think there's an injury? Most likely, I would say. I mean, because people, people want to say that, oh, he's not here in trash cans or anymore or any of that crap. Altuve's a great baseball player. He's fantastic. He doesn't need to know what pitch is coming. And I've, I've talked to a couple guys who said that um, – Oh, God, I can't. I would say his name because uh, I don't care that much. Uh, but I can't remember who it was. But he said he got two trash can bangs, both for fastballs, and he was so geared up for a fastball that he ended up swinging right through it because it wasn't even in the strike zone. Um, so, so some of these guys, they're better off not knowing what's coming and just trying to read the pitchers' uh, motions or whatever. You know, whatever they can try to pick up the spin. And I think that's the type of hitter that Altuve is. He has the ability to pick up the ball. Um, I mean, the, we've seen the guy make contact with a, with a baseball on a hit and run where he left his feet. He jumped to swing at the baseball. 
and he made contact. That's how good of a hitter this guy is. I think this year is a complete fluke. Altuve will be back to uh, normal next year. And after this um, postseason, I fully expect that an injury report's going to come out, and he's probably going to need like a minor surgery or something. Hmm. Fascinating. All right, so who's the World Series here? Who's winning? Who's winning it all? Well, hold on. What, you don't care about the Indians-Yankees, huh? I mean, who cares about those two teams? Actually, a lot of people, are, there's going to be a lot of money on the Yankee side, but that's not the team to take. I agree with you. And again, I think where the Indians separate themselves from the rest of the pack here is the fact that they have the best starting pitching in all of baseball. And starting pitching is going to be humongous in this series. Um, and uh, that's, that's why I, I took the Indians over the Yankees. I think that's where the smart money is. Well, the, let me just read you the line right now. The Yankees to win the series are minus 124. The, you're getting plus money with the Indians at 106. All what day. Are you here? Absolutely take it all day. The only reason for that is because more people are betting on the Yankees who are, you know, just happen to be fans of the Yankees, I'd, I'd say. And Vegas has, to, Vegas has to make sure they make profit, and that's why the line's swinging. All right. Now, listen, you owe me money. I'm starting to wonder. Oh, shit. You're right. I'm legit starting to wonder if you're ever going to pay. But here's the deal. I'm going to put a bet in right now, okay? I'm not going to put it for the whole 200 that, that, that's going down now. But let's put a bet in here, okay? Let's take the Indians in the series here. Let's take the Indians in the series. What is the second most confidence you have in a series? The Blue Jays? No, the White Sox. 100% the White Sox. Absolutely the White Sox. I don't even see the White Sox line, though, for some reason. Why would they not list the White Sox? Every team but the White Sox series. There it is. They're minus 108. They're basically a push. That's, and that's wild, considering they're a 7 versus a 2, right? Yeah, that's a horrible, that's a horrible line. I'm not even going to bet it. I don't like it. No, I love it. I think the White Sox are a lock. Even at 108? Uh, a lock. There's no way the Athletics are getting into the second round. No way. Not a chance in hell. To the second round. Why can't I parlay these? This is stupid. Whatever. So you're Ho- hopefully you're not on bet online. What's that? <laughs> so hopefully you're not on bet online after you did the read. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come on. Where else would I lay a bet down, buddy? <laughs> um, so we'll get to some. Come on. Who's winning that? Cleveland. Boom. Now we got Cleveland, Toronto. Then we'd have the Twins and the White Sox. Who wins? I got the White Sox. I got the White Sox advancing all the way to the World Series. Uh, and um, I actually have the Blue Jays upsetting the Indians. I'm telling you, I, I'm, throw, I'm all in on Hinjin Ryu, and I'm all in on Tawan Walker. And I think those two guys are going to carry that team. That is going to be an amazing story if the Blue Jays win it as the Buffalo Blue Jays. I would be fired up to see a seven versus eight seed in the first time we ever do this in the um, uh, ALCS. Now, having said that, if these were normal circumstances, if the Rays had full home field advantage, it was at the trop and they had their um, stadium full, I would take the Rays, absolutely take the Rays. But under these circumstances, I I like the Blue Jays. Uh, there's no home field advantage. It's not real. Your home field advantage is uh, that you bat second. You know, you get to bat last. 
so in this case, um, I'm taking the Blue Jays there. In the future, when we're under normal circumstances, when I initially proposed doing this postseason, everybody was like, well, for 162 games, a number one versus a number eight, it's not really fair uh, for them to only have three home games and all this stuff. Well, why don't you think it's fair? Uh, well, I just don't feel like it's enough. Well, I don't care what you feel like. The numbers say the number one team in that scenario is going to win the series somewhere between uh, 83 and 90 percent of the time. So I, I, I really don't care what people think, saying it's you know not fair or whatever. But under these circumstances, that um, 83 to 90 percent is going to drop significantly. Now I didn't run the numbers, so I'm not going to say it, but. I can tell you right now, it's not 83 to 90 percent like it would be under normal circumstances. Hmm. So, who's won in the American League? The Blue Jays? No, I got the White Sox. All right. White Sox over the Blue Jays. Come on, tell me more about them. Like the the starting pitching, the bullpen. We know about the offense. What else do you like about them? I think um, Crochet is going to be a monster for them out of the bullpen. The kid they called up from Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, he's throwing 102 miles an hour. I think Giolito is going to lead that starting rotation. And then the lineup is just complete top to bottom. Jose Abreu is a monster. Tim Anderson's a monster. And um, really, I, I, I just see it as a complete team. I just wonder if they got enough behind Giolito. And I think they do, but that's my one concern with them. So he's re- a great pitcher, but he's only going once in a wild card round. That's, I mean, it's a fair point, but um, I, I do think, I mean, if I guess you kind of ha- you're trying to find a weakness. I think Ty- there. You know what? Keiko. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Keiko. Great season. Say again. Great season. Jimmy. Yeah, that's tremendous season. Do, do you have confidence with him in the playoffs? Not a hard thrower, but he knows how to pitch. Yeah, and that's that's humongous for that team, especially following a guy, Giolito, who throws almost 100 miles an hour. And Keuchel, um, of course, he has the World Series championship. Uh, people want to try to take that away, whatever. But Keuchel has a great postseason resume, a 3-4-7 career ERA in uh, 12 games. And um, I, I think that he's a great piece that they have. Uh, following Giolito, if you look at just the numbers, he was their ace this season uh, with a 1.99 ERA. His ERA was 124% above league average. And then if you look at it like a one through four, the um, uh, in Dylan, what is, I, I know I butchered these names, Dylan Cease. Yeah, um, good job. Uh, he, he had a 401, which doesn't look all that great. But when you look at the adjusted ERA, it's still 11% above league average. And you can win with that, especially with the offense that they have. And then Dane Dunning, pretty pretty damn good pitcher in his own right. You're probably not going to see Ronaldo Lopez uh, start in many games. He, he'll probably move to the bullpen. And they have the best closer in baseball right now and Alex Colme. And again, really think um, that kid Crochet is going to be a monster for them like it i like it quite persuasive let's go to the national league side now is it the dodgers the doyers all the way no i've got the dodgers losing to the padres to the padres of all teams well that's who they're facing listen 
No, no, no. So I got the Dodgers losing the Padres in the in the divisional round, um, and then the Reds over the Marlins, and then the Padres over the Reds in the uh, NLCS. You got the Padres going to the World Series. That's right. Fascinating. Just feel like the Dodgers are a little bit better than them in most places. Yeah, I don't know if in when I made these picks, I don't know if there was some sort of disdain for the Dodgers, which I really don't have because. <laughs> Why? I, I'm saying I, I really don't have that. The Phillies always beat up on them in the postseason. Um, I, I just the team just never seems to get it done, and um, I, I think the Padres are just such an exciting team that uh, they they have what it takes to overcome that um, dominance of the Dodgers. We saw it in the um, the what one of the last series of the game uh, last series of the season I think the Dodgers took the series two to one but in that first game the Dodgers had the lead and the Padres were like no nah, we're, we're we're taking this thing and they they ended up winning the game and that's kind of the way I see them taking that um taking that series and the Padres everybody talks about that offense and rightfully so it's it's just insane top to bottom but their starting rotation is fantastic you got Zach Davies, um, uh, uh, Lament, Paddock. Paddock is down season, 9% below uh, league average in terms of ERA+. Plus. If he can become the Paddock that he, you know he was early in the season last year for this postseason, uh, with, alongside Lament and Clevenger and Richards and Davies, this starting rotation is going to be probably the best one that we're going to see in the postseason. Um in terms of a one through five. World Series, who is it? I got the White Sox over the Padres. The Sox, the White Sox. The Dirty Sox. I mean, listen, those are the two most exciting teams in baseball, so I have, would have no problem with that. I love those, those two teams. The way they play, the power, the young stars. My God, how many young sluggers they got? It's, it's not just Tatis, it's Robert, it's... Jimenez. Tim Anderson's still, I mean, I guess he's in his prime now. That guy, remember we always used to say Howie Kendrick's going to win a ton of batting titles? Like, this is what we thought Tim Anderson was going to turn into. Howie Kendrick's a hell of a good ball player. He's had a great career, but Tim Anderson's, like, next level. I love that kid, and he doesn't get talked about because all the young guys. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a great point with the Howie Kendrick thing. Um, Anderson's 27, and uh, the thing that kills me about him is uh, I'm going to bring up my homerism and the Phillies they drafted J.P. Crawford and then with the very next pick the White Sox took Tim Anderson and I remember at the time you know it it was like people talking about it being a a coin flip well it sure didn't end up being a coin flip Tim Anderson's an absolute stud he had a um, little bit of a disappointing finish to the season uh, I think he was batting with like a week left. He was batting almost 370. He ended up hitting only 322. But I really like what he brings into the postseason. And one of the uh, things that's not going to be talked about enough talking about, when talking about this 60-game season is the fact that Tim Anderson missed nearly 20% of, the, um, uh, of his team's games, and he still led the American League in runs scored. I love him. I love his game. I, he just doesn't get enough talk. He doesn't get enough talk about it. And he was in the, he's in the mix for the MVP. 
He's not going to win it. But I think no, he's, he's not. I don't think he's in the mix anymore just because of the way he finished. You think he's in the mix anymore. All right, we'll get to that in a second. So the White Sox are your champs with the Padres runners-up. And both of our, and I'm going to speak for you on this because we talked about this before, this is going to be every bit as legitimate as any other World Series title ever. Actually, this might be tougher just because of the circumstances they played under this year. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I'm going to say as a sort of bold prediction is I think there will be fans in the ballpark at Arlington. I have awesome. high confidence, in fact. I, I would bet um, a great sum of money. I, in fact, if that's a prop bet, I, I'm taking it. What do you think, like 5000 Just no, some fans more. I, nice. I, I, I wouldn't put a full stadium past... Uh, Get out. They're not putting a full stadium together in the middle of this. It's not happening. It's not I in the middle of this. I know it's Texas, but it's not happening. I wouldn't put it. I would say, here, here, let's put it this way. I will say a full stadium is more likely than an empty stadium. So that's basically you saying they're going to have fans there. The question is how many. Yes. I, I can't imagine they have more than five grand. but that. Or actually, you know what? A quarter of the capacity. I don't know what, a, what the capacity is there. Let me also say this. I think this is a point that we need to bring up here. When you played in, in Texas at Globe Life, that place was a bandbox. Did you see the offense in this new stadium here for the Rangers this season? Honestly, I, I really haven't given like, it a it look. It is one of the worst hitting environments ever. Yeah, well, that plays to Dallas Keuchel for sure. Right? I mean... And the Rangers' offense was bad, but that place plays very big. So, I think that's um, so. This is Globe Life Field. The damn names. Now I can't even go to the. This is Globe Life that just got built. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I think that's another thing to keep in mind that offenses. If they change that ball, the offenses are really going to struggle. Uh, if you got good pitching going, that could definitely happen. All right, uh, I'd love to find my numbers that I had on that, and I can't see it right now. Sue. Well, hold on, wait a second. I got the White Sox over the Padres. Uh, everybody wants to know who, who's Holden's uh, World Series. You don't want to hear mine. Let's go. What do you got? All right, I'll give you my World Series. Let me get my bracket back up here. And I've thought this one out. Obviously, because you didn't know off the top of your head and you had to get the bracket up. I do have to get the bracket up. I mean, I can't remember 16 teams off the top of my head. Uh, I'll just go down rapid fire. Dodgers, Padres. God, I really want to take the Marlins, but I'm not going to. I'll go Cubs. I'm going to go favorites here, but I am going to go with you on the Reds. So I'm going to go three favorites on the Reds. I'll take the Reds. Uh, against the Dodgers, because I do not think that the Padres can hang with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are their daddies. Uh, Dodgers, Reds, Dodgers back in the World Series again. Ho-hum. I will go with the Rays, although I like your Toronto upset pick. I'll go with the Rays, the Indians, the Twins, and the A's. I do not like where the White Sox are right now, Um, but I... But those two damn starting pitchers, man, how how, how are the A's going to handle that? The A's oh, don't have. The A's know, aren't. I'm just going back. They're a regular season now. team. I'm arguing with myself. They're a regular season team every year too. That's the point. <sighs> Drives me nuts. All right. It really would make Sox, me look bad Sox, if my, my World Series champion sudden, gets knocked out in the first round, though. All of a sudden, 
you know who I liked at the beginning of the year? The Rays. I liked them a lot, and I liked the uh, the Indians a lot. And unfortunately, they're going to have to play each other. But when in doubt, always go with my Indians. Always go with the starting pitching and the great Terry Francona. So we'll go with Cleveland. <clears throat> they're going to take on the Twins. It's going to be the Indians beating the Doyers in seven games. I, I, I could get down with the Indians uh, winning the World Series. I think that would be pretty cool. I think they're still um, what they haven't won it since 1948 behind uh, player coach Lou Boudreau, who was also the team shortstop, which is pretty badass. It is pretty badass. Imagine if Pete Rose and those Reds could have found a way to the, to the playoffs when he was there managing that team. That would have been awesome. So... Were the NL West standings in 1985, 86? I think was when he was the manager there. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Doesn't matter. We want to do some awards. No, I think we should sit on the awards for a bit. Um, I I like the idea of an all awards show. Okay, we'll ta- do that too. Then we got yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me read this. Let me read about DoorDash because I actually got them last night because. We count on restaurants, and they're counting on you, and there's dining rooms closed everywhere, only half open, but they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. It's the app that brings you the food that you are craving right to your door. A lot of your favorite local restaurants are still open. So right now, our listeners can get 5 bucks off, no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. $5 off your zero delivery fees. And your zero delivery fees, I should say. On your first order, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store, enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE. Five bucks off your first order with DoorDash. Got some Indian food. It was delicious. So, anyways, Spader, you want to save those uh, for later. Are you excited about the? I'm excited about the playoffs. I'm really even more excited because usually I kind of poo-poo the... The, um, the division series, and this year I will not. This year it's like every single game just because the marathon these guys are going to be in for in the playoffs. It's awesome. Very well, yeah, exciting. I'm absolutely excited for it. First of all, because it's playoff baseball, and that's awesome. And second of all, because Rob Manfred's using my playoff model, and I, I stand by that. It's 100% it came from me. That's after. September 30th, 2019. You can oh, go man. on my Twitter. It's right there. Oh, boy. Fuck oh, you, man. Rob Manfred. <laughs> oh! Settle down there, buddy. Rob Manfred's a saint. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. She is, too. They both are saints. You'd be nice to, to Mr. Manfred. Don't say anything about Manfred you wouldn't say to his face. You know, it's funny you say that. And now I'm going I'm to give you a quick story. I always said that, like, if I ever met Bud Selig, I would tell him off on how he handled the um, steroid uh, era and all that stuff incorrectly, making the Hall of Fame and all that crap. When I was at Edgar Martinez's Hall of Fame induction, I met Bud Selig, mm-hmm. and I mean, I know his real name's Alan, but it it seems evident how he got the name Bud. He was just such a friendly dude, and I just wanted to be nice to him and be his friend. <laughs> because you're a pussy. No, no, it's it's because that that's the kind of person who's capable of the mass manipulation that he, um, well, I always enjoyed. I always enjoyed (laughs) 
saying things I always wanted to say to people, to them, and then getting the reaction. Yeah, you you did do that a handful of times and pissed off a couple of people, didn't you? Pissed off a lot of people. Who's the one? Who's the one ball player that you pissed off the one time? I you don't said know. my favorite was Jason Whitlock, though. Now it cost me my job, but it was pretty funny. Okay, why don't we why don't we end on that? I would love to hear this story. I don't. I'm so, not sure I heard it. Oh, you, you have it. I because I totally forgot it until we just started talking about things to say to people. So I got the job in Kansas City. Let's see. I was in Boston at the time. Must have been 2004, 2000, late 2003 into 2004, maybe. And um, so they launched the new station there, and it was awesome. I'm like, I'm totally going back to Kansas City. I get to cover Kansas Jayhawks basketball. I do my own show. It's three hours. And it just turned into a nightmare. Like, the guy I was working with um, just didn't care about the job. He was a former NFL player. He was dumb as rocks. You know, and it really wasn't even his fault. He Name him. Name him. You, you can look him up. It's, <laughs> I, I actually, the guy's just, he's, he's so, he's a mental midget is the problem. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a word that you said you would never say on the air. Well, what the, the hell? mental midget. <laughs> we're not talking about a person. We're talking about a man's brain. So the thing, the thing was, the show was horrible, okay? I did not do a good job. I did not get good at my job until I was with MLB Network Radio, and by that time, I was already in my early 30s. So it took me a long time to figure out how to do this because I came up as a play-by-play guy. I didn't really ever want to do sports talk show host until I was in my 30s. So anyways, we're there. My show sucks. His show sucks. The station, it's just not good. Nothing's going well. Um, and he's running the station, basically. The guy that hired me, he took all his power, and he was telling everybody what to do. So finally, we're just sitting there at a meeting. We're sitting there in a, in a staff meeting. There's probably 15 people sitting around the big, maybe even 20, because you got the kids that were standing in the back there. And he's giving some spiel. And right in the middle of whatever he's saying, I'm saying, you know, I said, Whitlock, fuck you. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're not the boss. You don't run this place. You don't have any decisions. Well, ultimately, and, and everyone's like, oh, my God, what, what did you just do? Um, ultimately, that's that helped get me fired. But it was totally worth it. Absolutely worth it. Just standing up to a bully whenever you can. Fuck them, man. I hate bullies. Yeah. So now crazy. his um, uh, Whitlock is um, doing pretty well for himself, though. He is. Where is he now? Uh, Outkick. I still have not checked that out. With Gary Jr. Oh, Gary Jr.'s there. What is Outkick, though? Is that Outkick your coverage? coverage. That's with um, Clay Travis. Clay Travis? Yeah. That's his site? I've yeah. really checked it out. Whitlock is uh, apparently worth $10 million. So good for Oh, he's you. worth a lot of money. Doesn't matter what he's worth. Just felt good to go tell him to go fuck himself in front of a whole bunch of people. It's a bad person. And again, if I had to talk to him again, I'd say you're a bad person. No. Bad dude. Horrible person. Alrighty then, brother. Are we done here? Do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, that's. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to this postseason. I think fans who are not buying into this um, this uh, bracket st- to style type postseason, I think they're going to be completely sold on it after it happens. And uh, I assess with high confidence that this is this is going to be the postseason that we're going to see going forward uh i mean when was the last time that you saw major league baseball reduce the number of postseason teams um that that we see 
versus after increasing it. I, I go back to what was it, the 1981 um, uh, NLCS, ALCS type thing, where they did it and then they went back to normal and then they brought it right back. So I, I think um, I think this is here to stay. We'll see. I mean, having this is like old day hockey, but old, back in the day when like three quarters of the team in hockey made it. A lot of teams make it now, man. Is that more than half, right? For baseball, yeah. I mean, you got one more than half, so more uh, than half. I'm all about this. I think it's fantastic. I want and two more teams. Then you know what? Just we're never gonna get rid of these Florida teams. Just put a team, put a team in Montreal again, and then put a team in Portland or in Nashville, and let's just get on with it. I'm all for it. Let's go. Actually, I'd rather Portland. We need more teams out on the West Coast. Not enough teams out on the West Coast. Ah, Portland would. Well, then you'd, I guess at least Seattle would have um, potentially have, what, 18? Uh, yeah, you have nine games a year for those two teams where they're traveling and don't have to go uh, across the entire damn country. Yeah, that's kind of nice. That'll help them. It'll help Sam, It'll help Oakland. It helps all the West Coast teams. I mean, it really does. It's just so – it's a lot of travel, but they've been having to do it forever. Could you imagine, like – well, I guess when they rode the, the trains back in the 20s and the probably 30s and 40s and maybe even 50s where they took long road trips on the – or train trips. That must have been interesting. It's all those guys, you would think, just boozing, playing cards, smoking, and then show up into the next city and go play some baseball. Yeah, like Ed Delahanty. Ed Delahanty. Must have been a wonderful, wonderful Bo- life, Red. Boozing on the train and getting kicked off and falling down Niagara down, Falls. Yeah, off the... Down he goes. <laughs> it's a hell of a way to go. Hell of a way to go, folks. All right, Spader. Follow Ryan Spader at the Ace of Spader, S-P-A-E-D-E-R. I'm holding Kushner, and thank you very much for listening to The Walk.